Here we go. All right. Hello, everybody. Good evening. I'm back. I always come back eventually. This is the Fakeologist Show. It's Wednesday, November 2nd, 2022. It's about 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Saving Time here. The last week of this time zone. And I was off for the weekend since Thursday. Because I had many things to do. And... uh difficult to show up every day of the week to do a show and so just just keep in mind that I do do other things so I can't always be here every night but there's always an audio chat and on the weekends not just myself but other people are doing up to 10 hours of audio so if you really need to hear Fakeologist make sure you go to the main page fakeologist.com click on podcasts and then look at the audio chat section. You're going to find tons and tons of audios to listen to. So you click on podcasts and then wait a bit for my slow website to load up. And then you will see under audio chats, they call just audio chat. You can see all the shows we've got. We're up to FAC 1188. Just tons and tons of audio. And... Uh, of course, the main show is theecologistshow.com. And that noise you hear in the background is my guest who's clamoring to say something. So let's just say hi right away to John Manley of blazingpinecone.com. Hey, John. Hi, John. How are you? How you been? Oh, pretty, uh, you know, it's been a hard 40 days, as you know, but... Uh... Yeah, you ju- you've just finished the quarantine period, 40 days. Yeah, I'm st- once more, if you don't know, John has been on a couple times to the show. He has a great book called Much Ado About Corona. And your wife just recently died. Um, mm-hmm. So it's very difficult for you. I'm very sorry. Um, yeah. No, and, you no. cr- and, and it's no secret because you chronicle everything in a... An email. So if anyone wants to keep up with John and his blog and his musings and thoughts, just go to blazingpinecone.com and subscribe to his email letter. John's one of the few emails that I actually read every time it comes through. Oh, wow. Well, you know, there's, I'm just bombed with email, especially with Substack. Oh, I'm sure you are. That's why I'm surprised I'm one of the few that gets read. So I'm honored. Yeah, you are one of the few because I don't have you on any kind of uh, filter. All the substacks come through on email and I filter them all into a folder. So, and the folder just gets bigger and bigger <laughs> and bigger and bigger. But I, I do have quite the, um, the filtration system on my email, but yours is not filtered. It goes right to my inbox and anything that comes in my inbox, I just deal with it right away. I read it or spam it or delete it. So you get read because your, your emails are pretty quick. They're not too wordy and long. Yeah, I try to keep them yeah. short because I kind of feel like I kind of feel sometimes like if you do a long email, it's kind of like someone who you know. You ever have that neighbor or something on the street who comes up to you and they start talking and they don't stop for ten minutes? Mm-hmm. That's somehow how I, how I feel about long emails. 
Well, good on you. So the reason I know about the whole uh, ritual of your wife's death is you've been chronicling it quite graphically in a way I've never seen before. And um, why did you decide to do it that way and make such a private thing so public? Oh, well, well, definitely just the writing aspect of it. Um, Writing's kind of how I try to make sense of the world. And I, I think as uh, Lee Harper said, you know, who wrote To Kill a Mockingbird, she said, writing is the way you deal with your divine discontent with the world. And I, I thought that was a good way to put it. Mm-hmm. Uh, why did I make it public? Hmm. I think partly because, um, oh, I, I, I think, well, especially if we just look at the whole situation we have right now in the world, I think it has a lot to do with fear of death. And not only just a fear of death, but maybe a disassociation with death and mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I'm, I, if anything, I was probably holding back a lot in what I shared in there because, um, you know, I thought it would be a very difficult experience and um, it was like 10 times as difficult as I thought it would be oh, wow. losing someone. I think dying would have been far easier. I think she had it. Uh, I mean, my wife was, you know, very prepared to die and she had um, gone through palliative care and I mean, she was very happy happiest days of her life were probably the last two months and the last two weeks. So, um, no, I think, um, much harder on our side of the, on that, on our side of that bargain, the ones staying behind. Yeah. The living. Now, let me just say, before we talk about anything too controversial, we are on YouTube. So at this point, I'm going to leave YouTube because we do stream on our own platform called FACOTube. So we're going to leave Facebook we're on a fa- we're streaming to a Facebook group that I started and just sort of as a fun experiment, and oh. uh, I haven't maintained. It's called Unknown Causes, but I don't really put <laughs> I don't put much in there. I, I was just trying to see um, how it was done and how easy it was to um, get blown off of Facebook. So so far it's still going up, and so far we are still streaming on on Facebook into Unknown Causes, a private group. So I I don't think anyone's watching there, but we are going to leave YouTube. So. If you want to watch the rest of this video or listen to it, just go to fakeologist.com or fakeotube.com. And this is, this is FAK 640 with John Manley. So we're going to say goodbye to YouTube. So there's YouTube gone. See, that way I don't have to delete the video off YouTube. I figure there's just enough there. And, you know, if they're going to delete my channel for that, what I just created on YouTube, then I'm probably just going to stop with YouTube because it's just a waste of time. But, do you do this with every, every yeah, show? Yeah, I do because I never know what I am going to say. But now we can say that vaccines probably kill people and not have to worry about the consequences of that because we don't have to try and guess what the social media sites think today about that. Well, that's why I do that. But then that's yeah. Of why. Well, no, I understand. I was just curious if it was just. Because I've done a few uh, YouTube interviews recently with people, and they were surprised because that was the first time their mm-hmm. YouTube's channel got a strike. So, <laughs> oh, what are you saying, John? Well, deleted you in twelve hours, that type of thing. Well, I've been deleted in midstream, and um, oh wow, they're, they're, well that's an honor. They're just saying they're watching your show. Somebody or something is watching. Yeah, I think it's something, a human yeah. being. I think it's a human being because I'm not sure the AI is that progressed. Although it could be, you don't know. Um, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm curious too. With you know someone like JP Sears, I'm sh- sure you've seen his content. Oh. He's not been taken off. I assume that's just because he falls under the artistic clause that they have in their community. Or he's online. authorized. 
that's my question. Is he authorized? or? I do know like one of my videos that has been allowed to stay on, I did this full one-hour interview with Jordan Henderson, who we've had on the show before, the artist. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't, we said any, we said everything you're not supposed to say, but they never took that video down, but they took everything else down on my YouTube channel. So I didn't know if that was because it still fell under the artistic clause. But then my son, you know, his Covidian Lies parody of American Pie, which was, you know, premiered on your show. We just put that unlisted as a demo version on YouTube and they uh, struck it down, gave me a community slap. And well, probably because of the title. The title gives it away. I think that was easy to pick off. Yeah, it's possibly just with Jordan Henderson's. They just started watching it. Oh, it's just some artists and they mm. didn't buy. I don't know. But you figure if it has AI, you know, at least kind of listening to the... Um, I think it's everything. They got human beings. They got AI. They got AI flagging it for human beings. I think there's a great combination. Maybe they didn't understand Jordan's accent, the AI. I don't know. But I've got FacoTube, FacoTube.com. That's my site. And most of the donations that people generously donate to Fakeologist and FacoTube, they go to support FacoTube because video is expensive. There's a lot of bandwidth involved. Thank you for everyone that donates, and I appreciate that. And this is where I archive all the videos that I think are important for people to watch. So make sure you go to FacoTube.com if you want to see the kind of videos that that I like and I think are going to advance your knowledge, all kinds of stuff. I found Anthony Helder, who's been doing conspiracy stuff for 50 or 60 years, just recently died. But he has some, some great stuff. And I never heard of him, and I've been researching for 10 years. Have you ever heard of him? No, no never heard of him. Yeah, Anthony J. Helder. He, did, he produced the record called the Illuminati Records that were narrated by Myron Fagan, who I guess was a bit of a voice back in the day. I'm not sure who he was from the 60s. Hmm. And uh, I, I think... You said records, like it was a music? It was a record. It was an LP, a Album? 33 and a third. Huh, interesting. Here's the guy here. This isn't the record. This is another video that he did. And uh, let's just turn on the audio here. I had it muted, so let's unmute the damn thing. Well, this is him. I just want you to take a look at him. Some creepy music at the beginning. All of it is to uh, so this is the record here. He just put a bit of the record. And his idea was, and you'll be interested in this, he said, I can, we can write a book on this or we can make a movie or a record. So back in the day, they made a record. And I think they sold tens of, maybe hundreds of, I don't know. Just, it was hugely received back in the day. And they just figured it's a more efficient way to get the message out. Someone sit for a couple hours and listen to a record. I thought that was interesting. But it's vocals. It's, I mean, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's just spoken record. word. Yeah. Spoken word. Oh. What else was there? That was the distribution uh, method of the day. The phonograph, yeah. the record. The LP, um, mm-hmm. 45, 33, 78s. Hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting. So that was in 1967, the year I was born, he put this record out. About, about the, they called it the Illuminati, but just the United Nations, the, the Club of Rome. He was talking about all these organizations and institutions. 
back in the mm. day. So if you get a chance, have a listen to it. It's pretty good. So that's that's the kind of stuff we have on FacoTube.com. I just put it all in one place. And uh, other and, and of course my live shows are on here. And you can take a look at that. And uh what else? Looks like I didn't edit this audio. I've had technical issues for the last two weeks about all kinds of trouble with networking problems and audio chat problems. So I've been kind of in disarray for a couple of weeks, but that's okay. And, and we got mice in the house now. <laughs> so do you code your own sites or does someone else do this for you? Well, it's not, no, I organize the coding or I get other people to, to help out when they're around on a volunteer basis. But I'm the one that keeps all these platforms going. I've got the main blog, the main page, the main blog. I've got um, the main forums here where people can post. I have a sub blog. I have another sub blog. I have the audio chat where we maintain Discord. And another uh, brother of that is is Gilded. That's another Discord-like. So it, it does take a lot of effort. And um, just just keeping these balls spinning in the air is a lot. And, of course, FacoTube. I put a lot of effort into FacoTube because people like videos. Mm-hmm. You don't, but most people, right? Well, I download the videos and listen to them for the most part. I don't have a chance to really watch them, but I do a lot yeah. of listening because I drive a lot. I'm the same way with a lot of videos. We, and we just, sometimes it's nice too, just uh, if you're having a meal or something, you can listen to them. But but let's get back to your to your site and your newsletter. So do you, what else can you share about your wife's uh, death and how that went? And how the whole celebration of life went after that. Oh, um, yeah, the, the memorial service was ended up being fantastic. So mm-hmm. 40, 50 people showing up, which ironically, uh, as far as the COVID hoax goes, it was funny because I'd say probably 95% of the people there we met and most of her friends for the last two years were all through the COVID resistance movement and our local resistance movement. We ran a... We live in Perth County, Ontario, and uh, we had started, principally my wife and myself at the beginning, a group called Perth Public Sanity. That was a play on Perth Public Health, so we had Perth Public Sanity. and um, So I'd say probably 95% of her friends were all, uh, she had met through the Freedom Organization. So we're at, we had the uh, service set, the memorial service, not in, at a church in their hall, not in their uh, sanctuary area. Um, actually, Nicole specifically said she did not want a church. If we did a memorial service, she didn't want it in a church, and she didn't want it in a funeral home. She preferred it was outside, but it was raining. We had originally planned that. Anyways, it was kind of funny because my neighbor, who was really, he's, he came to the event. He's always been um, awake enough to the um, hoax, partly because I kept on giving him literature. But um, he attends that church regularly, and he said when he goes to that church, he doesn't wear a mask and there's like three people in the whole church of like 200 people who don't wear a mask and everyone else wears a mask, including the choir members. And this is to this day. And so when he saw our group there in the hall, he's like, he used kind of only two people out of the whole group of 40, 50 people were wearing a mask. He goes, it must be a different age group. 
And I said, no, no, it's a totally, all these people were from the anti-masking, anti-vaccine group in Stratford. So that's, that's why no one was wearing a mask. So he was. I love how you, um, your wife requested a particular shirt to be buried in or to be, um, cremated in. Well, she didn't actually request that, but I think she kind of known, um, cause the last day, um, of her life, she had friends coming over. And um, she asked to put on her COVID-1984 make Orwell fiction again shirt. And I said, oh, don't put that on. Let's put on a nice shirt. And so she finally and we put on a really nice shirt for guests and everything. But then after the guests left, she goes, okay, now I want my COVID-1984 shirt to go to bed. And I was like, okay, fine. She doesn't usually use that as pajamas. So she put that on at 10 o'clock and 1130, she was gone. So, um, God, she was a protester right to the very she, end. Yeah, Isn't she, that something else? That's so cool. Oh, she was um, she more against this and more see, did she see more through this than even you did? You figure, or were you both equally awake I, on that? I think, uh, yeah, I think we're both, I think we were both equally awake. I think maybe I had a more of a technical understanding of it, but maybe in some ways she had a more of a Oh, a gut-wrenching sickness about it, like especially because she was um, having to go to dialysis three times a week. And once they introduced the mask mandate, she was just, she hated the whole thing. I mean, I think part of the reason she decided to go off dialysis when she did was she said she just could not stand going there and watching all these people going around with masks on at the hospital and pretending it's mm. science. And just all the propaganda yeah. that would, she would constantly hear from the nurses and so forth. She's she. Your wife is really suffering, but everyone else is pretending to suffer. You know, with this. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the joke of the whole thing. Your wife is suffering um, twofold: type one diabetes, which is a bloody nasty chronic condition, and of course, the side effect is. Um, Renal failure, which means you have to use dialysis to clean the the blood, super painful and and a horrible. So your wife is really suffering, and everyone else is just pretending to suffer or pretending to be uh, trying to prevent a a deadly yeah. a deadly contagious disease. That was interesting what you said there. I, that that's one thing we discovered was actually uh, as far as fakeology goes. Um, mm-hmm. The idea that um, dialysis and kidneys clean the blood, that's a total fallacy. Oh, is that right? What did you learn? Well, the liver cleans the blood. Mm-hmm. That's what the liver's job is. What the, the, the kidneys do, and hence dialysis mm-hmm. also, uh, not as well, but um, well, I'll certainly give it credit because, I mean, 11 days without dialysis and she was gone like a light. Um, fortunately, mm-hmm. she didn't. But anyways, uh, no, what uh, kidneys do is they balance the blood. Um, anything the kidneys take out is harmless. It's just, well, it's not harmless. I shouldn't say that, but it's actually, um, the kidneys are designed basically to remove new, good stuff from the blood mm-hmm. that it becomes harmful in excessive amounts. Like, potassium, oh, I see. For example. Okay. Yeah. That's why you can drink your own urine for, you know, weeks and weeks and you don't die if mm-hmm. it was toxic. Um, the, the, the liver sends all its stuff, you know, out the other end and, you know, fecal matter is definitely toxic and waste product, but, um, mm, okay. So then actually that's why the word renal, uh, it comes from the Greek or, yeah, I think it's the Greek from the word rain to rain in. So it's just providing balance for the bloodstream. Oh, okay. I think it's Latin, but okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. 
Okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know how much else you'd like to know. I mean, there was a real cool uh, thing that happened just on Saturday with Nicole that was... Uh, Go ahead. Well, she had um, she had said that within 40 days of her death, she would send an owl to let me know she was okay. An That's owl? Kinda, Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> she was really into owls, and we had paint, uh, pictures of them on the wall. Illuminati sign. Oh. Uh, um, I think for her it was more a Harry Potter sign, but okay. But like in Dungeons and Dragons, she really got into Dungeons and Dragons for the last year, and that she oh, did she? she was, yeah, and she was a wizard with a pet owl, and um, she. So, anyways, she uh, said within forty days of her passing, she'd send an owl. And day thirty-nine was on Saturday morning, and I had not. I mean, well, I should go back. Like the first day she passed away. Was pretty much shocked. The second day after she passed away, I was just a total mess. Like I could not believe how upset I was. I was just like collapsing on the floor type thing. And and I remember I went running in the woods and I was just screaming at the trees, like, "Where's that owl?" You know, because you said you'd send an owl to let me know you're okay, and no owl. And anyway, so 39 days later, there's I still haven't seen an owl or heard an owl or any you know thing with an owl. And I never mentioned it to anyone because I didn't want someone mailing me an owl. You know, to make me feel better. So day 39 comes around. I wake up that morning and I, I was just feeling really, like, really sad about everything that happened and very depressed and hard to move. And anyway, I finally got myself moving and everything. And by 10 o'clock, which was kind of late for me, I went for, I do a 7K run in the woods. And I wasn't going to be satisfied with just seeing an owl in the woods. And not, not that I've ever seen an owl in the woods. I know they're there, but they hide. But anyways, I get to the wood entrance to the woods where the trail is and um, see all these cars lined up down the roads at the parking lot and there's kids and everyone flanking to the entrance of the woods. I thought, must be something going on. Get to the entrance and there's this long table, two long tables. And all across all the tables is parts of owls that had died. Like they had the wings of owls on display and the claws of owls, like four or five different types of owls. And it was the Ontario uh, Wildlife Sanctuary Organization with the University of Guelph was there doing a kind of a pavilion demonstration. And I'm like looking at all these disembodied dead owl parts. And it's not quite the sign I was looking for, but this yeah. is interesting. A little gruesome, but yeah, it's the same idea. Sorry, I just lost my speaker. Yeah, I can still hear you. You can still hear me. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, I mean, they were dried and everything. It was quite fascinating, too. I never, I thought owl wings would be super thick and heavy. And they're just regular feathers. It shocks mm -hmm. me. Um, but then the guy says, you know, if you want to see uh, some live owls from our sanctuary, just go down the trail there. We have a handler and he's uh, putting owls on display. So I go down there and there's a big great horn owl on this guy's arm and named Einstein. Um, that um, was raised in captivity so that he can't live in the wild. They've been taking care of him. And I was just, I was like, okay, this is, this is a pretty good sign. I mean, it's day 39. She said within 40 days, I'd see an owl. And I'm like asking him, how long are you guys going to be here? Because I want to go home and get the camera. So they said, we'll be here till two o'clock. And I go, okay, I'm going to get my cameras. They're all like, boy, this guy likes owls. <laughs> you know? So I run back home and run back cameras and when i get back einstein's gone they said they had to give him a rest and uh instead they got out atwood which is a, a smallest owl ever is a saw wet owl 
full size, they're still under a pound. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's female. So it was a small female, which to me kind of more resonated with me because Nicole was actually of small stature as a result of having type 1 diabetes since she was little. Mm. Um, Do you think that limited her growth? Oh, yeah. If you get diabetes before puberty, it uh, it definitely uh, limits the, you tend to be shorter. Oh, interesting. Stunts your growth for whatever reason. Well, yeah, Uh, I can tell. That makes sense. And the owl's name was Atwood, and I said, mm-hmm. that wasn't named after Margaret Atwood. I go, yeah, that's right, we named her after Margaret Atwood, which I took as another sign, because I'm a Canadian speculative fiction writer, and she sends me a small female owl named after a Canadian speculative fiction writer. So um, so to me, I, I, I just... To me, Everywhere I mean, some, there's a sign. <laughs> some people say that's a coincidence. I don't know. That sounds pretty far-fetched for me to be a coincidence. So. Some people never, call it sync. There's a whole fakeologist branch. Yeah, yeah I could even accept sink, that because yeah. the timing is interesting. But I mean, I've, I've been running in those woods for, I don't know, 10 years, every mm-hmm. seven, six days a week. I've never, ever seen this exhibit. Very interesting. And it happens within, you know, the, the day before the end of her <laughs> deadline. So, mm-hmm. How's Jonah been taking it all? Um, He was, he was, remarkably taking it very well for the first bit. Um, I mean, he cried a lot on the day she passed, but after that, he was, before and after, he was pretty accepting of the whole thing. I was, you know, I cried every single day when she went off dialysis and uh, probably every day up until that owl incident. Uh, I mean, I, but it's interesting because now it's kind of switched places. I'm kind of, kind of, doing much better and now Jonas I don't know seems to have sunk in with him and now he's starting to have a pretty hard time about it did she help him all the time during the day or I maybe or both you assisted him definitely she was probably I was I don't know if it was 50 50 or Mm. but it was probably leaning more towards her okay um, especially on when days she wasn't at dialysis so yeah I mean he spent tremendous amount of time with her which you know like he said on reflection you know most children don't by the time they're 15 haven't spent a tenth of that amount of time with their mother i mean she homeschooled them and yeah that's things. gonna make it really tough oh, but at the same time you know he's probably had uh, more one-on-one time than yeah most, but, but yeah it's um he's uh so i mean it's it's, it's one of those Things was just being human. I mean, if you didn't love someone, you were not going to miss them. And if you don't miss them, it meant you didn't love them. And yeah, for sure. And uh, I don't know. For me, it was. Um, I mean, we had two different. I was more. I wanted her to just. We had figured out ways to regenerate kidney tissue and so forth, and we're having much success with it. It was just a tremendous amount of work. It was like an eight to ten hour a day job, and. She wasn't up to the amount of work it involves. This is going back two, three years. And that's when she had decided, she had kind of pushed me towards, um, she just wanted to see me go and do my novel writing. And she just didn't feel she had the up for it. I mean, we personally believe in reincarnation and she just felt it's just, it's just so much more sense to just get a new car instead of fix this old one. And so we were on two yeah, different opinions about that. I kind of come to the conclusion that we both had the right answer and there's not always just one right answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I see signs like the owl and there was many other signs that I've documented on the site, um, I think she's 
she made the right choice for her and um, doesn't feel so right on this side a lot of the time, but it's only been 40 days. So Time heals. Easy to say, but <laughs> I, I think it's true. Yeah, I mean, we've lost our daughter and that was um, that was a pretty hard experience. And But that was over 15, 16 years ago and it's... How old was she? Was that a, a well? It was, it was at birth, yeah. Yeah, still it's, it's surprisingly hard. I didn't think it would be, but I mean, when they oh yeah her, her body, I was just oh that that, was, that would be hard. That would be even harder. Yeah, that's such a tragedy. I wouldn't say it was harder than losing Nicole by any imagination stretch of the imagination, but uh, well, it's the whole yeah. loss of potential, though. You know. Oh just, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, frankly, I mean, um, Nicole was. Um, Especially the last two years, she had gone to some shamans and done some um, psilocybin mushroom trips and so forth. And uh, she said every time she did, she did two or three of them, I think, altogether. And every time she did them, she, you know, it, it puts you through this process where you actually feel like you're dying. And it, I've never done it myself. I've witnessed it, of course. And um, no, I don't want to. I don't like that feeling. No, I mean, that's what they all say. They feel it, and then they get to that point where they're just like on the edge of death, it feels like, even though physically there's nothing. Actually, you know, they're not dying physically, but mentally, spiritually, it seems they are. And then they usually have encounters with entities from the other side. And the entity she had encountered with all three times was her daughter, Sky. And she said that, you know, she was totally convinced Sky was just waiting for her on the other side. Wow, that that was part of the reason she, she that was part of the reason she even felt leave Jonah is because she knew she had her daughter waiting for her, and that that was part of the reason her daughter passed away first. And so I, what's and your then I, yeah? Oh, well, you saw the mama bear painting that came out the day after she passed away. Is that um, I can't remember. Is that in this list of emails you sent out? That I'm looking yeah, at. Yeah, three signs, three uh, signs from heaven. Uh, should be. It'll probably be down the list. I'll probably have to go to September twenty fourth, fifth, or something. Yeah, I think I just saw it. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the the very day after she passed away, Bob Moran, who probably most of your listeners know. Yeah, him, I like Bob. He released that painting which is very interesting for a lot of reasons because you know, for those who can't see it it's you know a picture of a mama bear which has broken the shackles and the entrance to a cage and it's escaping with a baby bear on her back mm-hmm. with the sky in the background like nicole with all the shamanic trips she done her power animal was always a bear and this little bear on top of her is uh got the sky behind her so we kind of thought that was symbolic of Sky herself, her daughter, and um, mm-hmm. but I mean, just the fact too. I mean, she felt like she was in a cage with that body of hers that was had stopped working basically properly, and back when she was twelve. So you know, um, so for that painting just to come out within, I don't know, it was like literally like twelve hours after she passed. And then, yeah, like I listed the show on the website too, the second painting that came out just the, the two days later where it was the uh, Windows symbol with a bunch of vaccines coming out the side, but instead of calling it Windows, Microsoft Windows, he called it Widows. And so Widows, just, yeah, uh, that is great. Uh, 
Yeah. So, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm a widower actually, but it was close enough. Yeah. Um, so, you know, to me, it's like things like that. And then, of course, the other point we made on that first day was the uh, enormous amount of thunderstorms that, you know, we had clear skies, blue skies the whole week. It was expected for the rest of the week. As soon as she passed, it just broke out storming and we had three or four thunderstorms the day after. And Nicole is just absolutely crazy about thunderstorms. I mean, she was always, thunderstorms come, she just like sit there at the window watching. She just loved it. This shirt, this shirt she's wearing. I have a hat that says almost the same thing. It says "Make Orwell Fiction Again." I I ordered that hat, not with the yeah. COVID nineteen eighty four. I wear that hat, and of course, most people. I've had a couple people actually read it. I think most people think it's a mega hat, which uh, I'm a little nervous about wearing in this liberal uh, <laughs> countryside that I live in. But, oh, don't worry, they don't got they don't got guns. So yeah, but yeah, that's true. But you never know; if someone's gonna. They're probably call. afraid you have a gun on you. So. Yeah, really. But that's funny that carry. I have that exact slogan on my hat that I wear, my red hat, red mega hat, or in this case, Orwell hat. That's that's. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that. Funny. When I saw that, and one of the characters in my novel, he has it on an ape. Mm. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's, that's, what's your thought? And this is, you're, you're up to date, of course, on Canadian politics. You're, you're, um, the reason I'd like to talk to you, of course, you're pretty much a full fledged fakeologist. You, I haven't gone through your fakeologist resume, but on the other hand, you are a full <laughs> COVID fakeologist for sure. And that's pretty much all I've been talking about for the last couple of years. Even though, even I'm getting started bored of it, actually. But um, I'm, I'm, th- I'm thinking the, the public is really bored of it, too. And um, hopefully they're going to move on eventually. But um, one of the topics in Canada, one of the many laws they've been passing to uh, to align themselves with all the United Nations SDGs and mm-hmm. development goals is the uh, MAID law. MAID stands for Medically Assist- Assisted in Dying. Medical I, assistance and dying. Medical assistance dying. So I thought, well, you, you'd be the perfect guy to ask about that. So what did you want me to say about it? Well, what or, do you think about it, especially in light of what you've gone through with your wife? Yeah, that's a pretty interesting question. Yeah. Because um, I have to say, like before my experience with what we just went through, I was 100% against any form of suicide almost under any circumstances which I don't know if that sounds extreme or not. Part of that may become from my, I was, you know, raised in the Catholic church. Ah, right, right, right. That's kind of the viewpoint, but also, um, but not that I'm a practicing Catholic by any means anymore. Branched out into far stranger things. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, not Catholic, yeah. uh, Though at the, um, and of course it's actually interesting because you go into some other, like Buddhism, suicide's actually considered quite uh, acceptable and, a lot of Buddhist monks will actually hurry what they call, I think, hari kari it, um, just right. from, to avoid old age and being of a burden to um, other people. Which right. there's that that one movie, uh, great film if you've never seen it, spring, summer, winter, and fall, Korean film. Um, but you see one of the monks, he does that. He's well, he lives on his own, and he he, he goes on a boat and he lights <laughs> the boat on fire. And then he sticks these sticky pads on his nose and mouth so he'll suffocate and he suffocates and then the boat burns and that's how he ends his life. So in Buddhism, it's a fairly much more acceptable way to go. Um, that's a real Holocaust. 
Um, and we did watch uh, and, and read the book and the movie um, Me Before You. I don't know if you've seen or heard that one. It's no. About a, so it's a fictional story, but it's based on a man who's a young man who ends up getting hit by a motorcycle and paralyzed from the neck down, becomes severely depressed, um, wants to commit suicide. It's Promises his mother he'll give him one give them one year. Guy's filthy rich, so it's like money's no issue. Uh, his mother hires this um, young lady to kind of be his personal caretaker, servant type thing. To, but principally hoping she might cheer him up. They end up falling in love, and she's you know finally made his life worthwhile. And he still decides to commit suicide by the end of the film. What movie's that? Me before you. Oh, I've never heard of that. Yeah, the book was uh, really very successful. And then they, I, I've heard they've done two versions of the movie. One, the original based on the book set in England, which is what we saw and was a fantastic film, I have to say. And then I think they did an American version, which I heard you know, wasn't as good. The British so, versions are always better. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, I mean... I mean, of course, Nicole didn't commit suicide. They definitely were pushing it on her maid. We had that one doctor. He just kept on calling. He's like, you sure you don't want to do maid? You know, you could just have really? like That's 10 seconds. Gruesome. Uh, he says, otherwise, you know, being off dialysis, that's going to, I can take anywhere from four to 21 days and very slow. What's the rush? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Well, I guess, you know, it can become, for a lot of people, apparently it's usually three or four days at the end. They're just completely unconscious or half conscious and have to manage bed sores and all of this type of thing. Um, for whatever reason, Nicole just, she, you know, she just, like, she just left that night. She, she didn't have any of the slow departure, which was very shocking because she was totally coherent. She couldn't walk. I had to like carry her from room to room, but she, um, she uh, mentally, she was totally there, and then bang, she was gone. So, um, so this doctor was just maybe he maybe he would have been her first his first patient or something. Oh no, no, he's he's done plenty. There's no shortage of uh, uh, people he's serviced. Um, but this thing just started, didn't it? Made or well, a year or so ago. It's okay. been around for a while. It's just become actually more accessible for more people now. That's okay. my understanding. I think it's but, always been on the on the. Gray books. I think doctors have always facilitated to some extent. It's just not a public acknowledged thing. Well, I definitely know when, like two and a half years ago, when Nicole got back from Mexico after her first experience in hospice, mm -hmm. she did look into the whole maid thing and we did, you know, study it. And, you know, I know exactly how they do the whole process, which is kind of interesting. Okay. Um, so it was definitely around two and a half years ago, but the accessibility was very difficult. You had to meet a lot of criteria to even be considered for it. Whilst now is what I understand. You just have to get in, you know, go to your doctor and tell him you're depressed and he'll write you a note. And you're gone. You can actually, yeah, you can actually go to this. There's apparently funeral homes now that offer the maid. Oh, service. wow. You don't have to go to a hospital. You have it's to sign a contract just to, Make sure you get your burial with them and pay three grand or whatever the minimum charge is. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's, it, we'll give you free maid service as long as you yeah. buy a upgraded casket. You know, one with a walkie-talkie or an intercom or a bell with a string or whatever. So, well, apparently, part of the interest in the uh, funeral home maid service is because they found apparently a lot of um, um, 
from a real estate point of view, someone dying in a house is, actually puts the value of the house down. Mm. So a lot of people didn't want to be dying in their own home because it. I don't know how the real estate industry knows that someone died there, but they wouldn't um, know. That's ridiculous. That sounds like yeah. a scare, scare tactic. That's a good one. Yeah, at least that's one of the uh, motives. But it's also the convenience of it, I guess. It's like, well, you know, just, just for your homes right there. Cut down on the transportation fee. Yeah, I mean, like I, well, I guess I'm, before I get too far off on a tangent here, as far as, um, I, I have to say my, I'm, I'm, well, the other thing that's changed my mind a bit too is having read a lot of near life, near death experience stories and also, uh, okay, wait, you're, so you're for the maid service. I like oh, um, no, I, I would say I'm, I wouldn't say I'm for, well, definitely not with the accessibility it has. I think there's probably, I'm, my opinion at this point is, as far as suicide goes, because that's what we're basically talking about, mm-hmm. medically assisted or not, there is probably situations where it's an all, it's acceptable to do that. First, I don't think it's something I would ever do. But, um, you know, for someone who is in such a severe state that it's just going to be a slow and agonizing, horrible life for them, I don't know. Um Though it's just from uh, studying different near-death accounts and so forth of people in the afterlife, it seems this whole idea that they're going to burn in hell for the rest of their life doesn't seem so true. Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah, I think it partly just depends why someone commits suicide. If you're doing it just because you're depressed or you just can't man up and deal with life, well, you're probably going to have a hard time in the afterlife because whatever you're trying to run from is probably just going to follow you. So, um mm. But as far as um, someone who's just in a no-win situation, I think part of my frustration with the whole maid thing and everything the medical system's doing is they make it very black and white. It's like you can either suffer and slowly die or you can die quickly. And they ignore the other option was you could actually get better. Um, yeah, that's and, not in their vocabulary. Not if they help you. You're not going to get better with their help. And like it's like we found with Nicole was a... If a program that was you know like i said it was pretty intense and involved lots of moving parts but we had got her from producing no urine which is a typical kidney failure state to producing half a cup a day which is like miraculous mm-hmm. it took a tremendous amount of work but if she had actually her argument was a one she just didn't have the she needed a full environment and much more support and two she would have rather started doing that when she was 20 instead of when she was 55 mm-hmm. um because so, so I mean, if the medical system would actually start, well, it wouldn't be a medical system. We'd have to give it another name if it actually could um, start healing people, which, I mean, a great example is the True North Health Center down in Northern California near Sacramento. I mean, they're doing amazing things down there, and all they're doing is usually just fasting people. People go there, and they put them on three, uh, two-week to 40-day fasts with leukemia and all these other severe heart conditions, stage four kidney failure. They won't do stage five for some reason because of issues, but a um, whole bunch of issues. They, all they're doing in there, they just fast them and their body heals and they come out and it's like, and that clinic has gone from being like one little building. Now there's an entire city block because that's just how much customers are getting. And they don't have, it doesn't cost much. I think it costs uh $75 a day to stay there. And that's with uh, two visits by a doctor, blood work, and all the water you can drink and <laughs> in our room. And, um, it's, Where is this? Uh, Northern California, near Sacramento. 
By the way, I interviewed Nicole on diabetes a little bit, and yes. that was show 1100, and we did that on 7-7-22. I tell you, the numerology just stacked right up on that call. That was so. interesting, because when she went off dialysis, it was September 9th, 9-9. Right. And nine's considered the end of things in numerology. Right. And she died 11 days later. Yeah. So there's 9-11. Oh, so we are tying <laughs> wow. everything together. In case anyone thinks we don't talk about nine eleven on fakeologist, uh, yeah, we do. Um, wow. <laughs> so I never knew that nine eleven. Huh. Yeah, well, when you said eleven, that's the first thing that came to my mind. And huh. uh, yeah, it's it's crazy. But yeah, as far as so, I mean, I think in the whole, the maid service thing is just another depopulation uh, agenda, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, Mind you, if you ask the average person, maybe the average non religious person, they'll always say, well, we euthanize animals, but why not humans? That, that, isn't that the ethical thing to do with, with animals? And by the way, we're having a big debate on whether uh, I'm buying a mouse trap that I saw on the uh, internet, thank hat tip to wild times. I haven't caught any mice yet, but uh, he um, recommended a, a mouse trap that's got a trap door on the, and you put it on top of a bucket and you put the peanut butter on the trap door on top of the bucket and they go for the peanut butter and they fall through the trap door into the bucket. Question huh. is, do you fill the bucket with water or do you just leave it empty and then dump the mice out later? <laughs> or do you kill them? So, uh, we're just, just ta- talking about euthanizing Yeah, well, I had the same issue when I was work- I was working on a farm this summer. It was, uh, mm-hmm. it was a raccoon because, uh, you know, the raccoons get in the wheat fields and... Um, we can't have a whole family of raccoons living in the wheat fields. So, you know, there's different ways farmers deal with it. Some of them just, you know, put traps out and capture them and either drown them or take them out to the woods. I don't think many do that. But that, to me, that would be the most inconvenient but most uh, nicest thing. It's like, you know. It's, or just shoot them. Don't they just shoot them? Oh, yeah. Shootings quite often. And that was the situation I was with. Uh, I was at the friend's farm and uh, the, her father had uh he had shot a raccoon three times and it was still, still it wasn't dead. I mean, raccoons can take quite a lot, apparently. Three shots to the belly and it had still tried to climb up a tree. And he was just kind of like, you know, he was just watching it and just kind of saying, you know, it'll just take a while before it bleeds, I guess, to death and you know, drop dead. And I just took the rifle and I just aimed at his head and just got him. He blew it away. Way to go. Because I just thought, well, that was actually my gun instructor. He had always said that it's total misinformation. He says well, how they police teach to aim for the chest. He says you should always aim for the head because really, well, it's the smallest. Well, it's a small part, but it's a harder target to hit. But he says one, it will stop the person. Two, it's much more. You shoot someone in the head, they're usually gone. You shoot them in the chest, they one, they could still shoot you back. Um, it's amazing how much you can do under uh, cortisol. Ah. It's, it's, it's much more humane and effective to shoot for the head. And that's, and I'm not, so that's, you know, that's how I felt. I'm not going to sit there and just watch this thing die. I just can't. And there's no chance of saving it. Three bullets, you know, so that's just. Um, Interesting. So, yeah, you get this question with humans and it's, an, it's a fair one. I mean, I just ran into a man who's uh, his friend. She got the 15th COVID shot or whatever. Oh, my God. Uh, she had cancer. I'm hearing this story over and over again of people who used to have cancer got this shot. Just heard this from uh, my uh, uh, mother-in-law. Yeah, stepmother? No, mother-in-law. mother-in-law. Um, 
She had a friend that got cancer 17 years ago, just got all her shots. Now she has lung cancer. I'm hearing this over and over. Heard it from the funeral director too. Very fast growing cancers. Anyways. Yeah, me too, by the way. I go back and forth because I don't know enough people. You probably know way more people than me. And I just know, I just know internet people. So I'm super skeptical because of my fakeologist uh, media point of view. But, um, so a lot of people are, are thinking this isn't a real thing. Uh, oh, it's real. And, I mean, and I just ran into a real person yesterday and I said directly, <laughs> do you know anyone? Cause he has, he's a non vaccinated person. He's a trucker guy and said, yeah, he knows at least 11 people that have been super sickened or killed by it. So, you know, you just have to talk to real people and ask them directly. And they will give you a very direct answer. There is something happening. This thing is not saving people. It is hurting people. It's not a placebo. They're not all placebos, if any. So, like you just said, there are real people getting hurt. So, well, yeah, we know, like, you know, the UK just had a parliamentary meeting trying to figure out, you know, why have 25,000 people died this year? Extra, mm-hmm. excess deaths. Excess deaths, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, with this, this man's wife, yeah, she, you know, she knew she had this horrible end-stage cancer and it was just going to be a slow and painful death. And she just, she rose her hand and said, I'd rather just have made, thank you. And bang, 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 she was gone. Um, so do you think that's I, why they've expedited it or, or start just really accelerated the made process? And I heard they're going to um, even make make the requirements even fewer in the next year. They're easing oh, it yeah. into making it, like you said, uh, feel depressed in the morning. Get a script at nine o'clock. Dead at get a, dead at lunchtime. Yeah, I, I think. Well, especially too. Even if uh, the, you know, for the, a lot of people who just get disabled or severely harmed by the vaccines, it will be because mm-hmm. uh, you combine that with uh, a decreasing job market and um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. higher prices, and you know, all these all these factors, people are going to be pretty eager just to uh, give up. I think to some degree um, the reason so many people line up for these vaccines because I'm surprised talking to people I, I ran into a martial artist and a musician and they both were like, yeah, I, I think these vaccines are crazy. I just took them because I had to because I wanted to keep my job or whatever. Is I, or they like, I eat so much junk food anyways that hasn't killed me. I figure the vaccine won't. You know, this kind of thing is like kamikaze type talk where they, they're actually realizing they're risking suicide by getting this. And I think to some degree, a lot of people are, have this almost nihilistic, hopeless view of their lives that if they die from the vaccine, they don't really care that much. Yeah. Which is a very bad thing. And I'm kind of the opposite because I've always eschewed uh, putting toxins in my body my whole life. And you know, I missed quite a few parties and doing a lot of things. I've just wanted to stay healthy. If, yeah, well, I don't I've know where it came from. It's just been in my mind. You know, I've been asthmatic my whole life, but I still had cats. So I just suffered through that. And I said, you know, I'm going to do whatever it takes just to stay really clean and clear, clear headed, clear minded. just gonna live a really straight life <laughs> and then you know so there are some of us that are really trying hard to stay healthy and then this thing comes along and for me it's a no-brainer not to take it i mean i don't know what i would have done if i wasn't a fakeologist i really you just don't know because you you are the sum of all your parts up until right now if i wasn't aware of the fakery around medicine and vaccines i'm not sure what i would have done but 
On the other hand, I know that my doctors in the past have always said you can't have any kind of shots because you're anaphylactic towards what they're made of. So I've always been told not to take anything. Whether they were just signaling me as they could not directly sign me to not take any vaccines ever, I I don't know. But anyway. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's fortunate. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like you said, a lot of it comes down to our environment and upbringing. I mean, you know, a whole bunch of, I'm not too critical of people who do decide to take the vaccine and stuff. I feel really bad for them, but I think a lot of it, they just, you know, they They can't take the propaganda, too. Yeah, I mean, they've just been brainwashed their whole life, so what do we expect? Yeah. No, I, I don't fault people. I fault people for not looking into it, but then I fault people for not paying attention to what's going on around them in general. But uh, this this is just part and parcel. You just don't pay attention. I understand why people don't listen to the news and have no idea what's going on. So we know, well, I pay attention to the news and I decided to figure out what's going on behind the news. So I've, I've gone at least two steps farther than the average person. Now I know what they're trying to do, and it might seem like a paranoid, crazy, conspiratorial way of thinking, but unfortunately, I think it's true at this point. So, and that's well, why you know, you know exactly what they're trying to. Because I'm not too clear on what they're trying to do with these vaccines. Is it a sterilization program? Are they trying to neural net people into the? No, internet? I think depopulation is right up near the top. If you want to make a list of the top ten things they're doing, I'll, I'll give you depopulation for sure. There's no doubt. Yeah, I, which would fall under cover of the deaths and plus sterilization. Oh, yeah. So they're meant, we've already mentally sterilized a whole generation or two. We're already on steep population decline. By that, do you mentally sterilize? You mean the way that, you know, young people just have, you know, they take to like they're 36 to have their first child. That's, that's right. Well, I think it all started with the pill. We're going that back to the 60s. That was a... A mass sterilization like no mm-hmm. other event. And yeah. so that was, this goes way back. But so now, now we were just sort of the second or third generation of the pill where now women are mentally sterilized where, like you just said, they delay marriage, they delay, delay childhood, they put their career first and the biology of the human being doesn't really change as much as technology changes. So when you wait until your 30s, your your probability of reproduction goes down exponentially. And, and then... You don't have as much time to have as many kids. And then you don't have as much time. You certainly don't have as much energy. Yeah, you might have more wealth, but wealth does not equal necessarily better or more stable or happier children either. Um... So yeah, that so the depopulate now now it's a more explicit depopulation. Now it's it was implicit before and implied. Now it's explicit, and uh, the needle in the arm is as explicit as it can get. You almost yeah. It was very interesting. I I, I listened to an interview with a eugenicist. Um, I don't know if you ever seen. There's a podcast radio show called uh, Red Ice. Yeah, I've heard of Red Ice. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Henrik, yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah, which is pretty controversial stuff. That's that show, um, but they, I mean, they're, they're pro eugenicists. Like they actually believe that you know superior race. What the red eyes exactly, people? I mean, yeah, oh yeah. I mean, they're quite out front with it. Oh okay. 
I mean, to some degree, I don't, I'm not quite clear on the total ideology they have, but I think to some degree, it's not so much that they, while they seem to feel that there's certain races superior than other races, not that they should be, um, not that that warrants killing off any race, but they don't, they're very much against the intermingling of races. They don't, they feel that if, you know, they don't like white people and Asian people getting together because then they think, well, now you've destroyed both cultures, which, you know, there's some argument in that. Um, so they're kind of more um, for the purity of all the races. They feel like if Africans and white people intermingle, then African culture is gone and white culture is gone. So they'd like to keep everything separate. Well, our crime sinister says Canada doesn't have a culture. I remember that. Yeah. yeah. But um, they had an interview with... Um, there's a, he was actually um Sikh mm-hmm. eugenicist. Uh, <laughs> they call themselves, yeah, I know, it's, it's kind of odd. Well, it's um, not odd. I mean, every culture has extremists in them. Um, and I mean, they, he, he, they really feel what they're doing is for the betterment of all humanity because they just feel that there's certain um, races and people, and more so people, they seem to make exceptions for some. That's where it gets funny. It's like, well, yeah, most black people are inferior. They say, it's up, you know, there's a few exceptions like this black guy who happens, you know, like Ben Carson who can do these amazing brain surgeries that no white guy can do. So, I, you know, it kind of blows their theory apart in my opinion. But uh, anyways, he said what he they would like to see done is very upfront though in America offer any black person sterilization pill you don't not mm-hmm. not they've been trying to do that for generations right but they're saying like basically we'll give you a hundred dollars if you take this you will not be able to reproduce so it's not like they're trying to deceive just a hundred dollars wow <laughs> yeah. that's life is cheap wow well i i i, I don't well, at least that's I, better I, than a hamburger yeah or an ice cream cone Wow, that's amazing. Um, it might have been more. I can't remember, but and he, but he said too. He says, you know, but for all fairness, he says, let's not just offer it to black people. We'll offer it to anyone who wants, anyone who's stupid enough to take a hundred dollars. That's part of the criteria. He said, hundred dollars isn't much. So anyone who's stupid enough to lose their ability to reproduce for a hundred dollars doesn't deserve to reproduce, and thus we've eliminated them from the gene pool, and the rest of the race will just get smarter. You know, so this is kind of the, what I found it very interesting just to get into the, what, how they must be justifying this. I don't know if this is what maybe these, some people in this, um, behind the COVID agenda might be thinking because the people who are taking their sterilization and clot shots and everything are their followers. So, or, so it seems. So they're eliminating the people that are supporting them, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. And I've known a lot of people have looked at this conundrum. Like, either they thought more people, everyone would be forced to take the shot. And that's one theory. And they were surprised that either the government wasn't able to force it or so many people didn't go along. And now they're stuck with this problem of, well, the people who didn't take the shot are going to be the ones who survive. And they're the ones that don't support us. So, I mean, that's. Well, I don't think they're done yet. I think we're just in round one here. I don't think we're done yet. So any problems or conundrums that come up, they've, they've got contingencies for all of them. So I'm not, I, I don't think we've, I don't think the war is over by any stretch. But do you think it's possible that they actually are trying to just weed out people dumb enough to do it? Well, I think there's a million ways to look at it. Uh, that's maybe, maybe not. It's because we don't know who's really 
getting there's, there's no study I don't think about who is getting sick and who's weeding who out I don't think most of the it's too hard to tell it's just too hard to tell because it's like voting when if I ask you who you vote for you could just tell me one thing but there's no way you can prove it so I don't know who's really getting the vax and who's lying about it Lots of well, people. We know, we, we know who's getting injected, you know, whether they're getting a saline or not. But that's what mm-hmm. I mean. We, we know that the people. The, we don't know whole, that any of the, these health crats, hell crats have taken it. We don't know if Fauci took it. There's no way to tell. Likely he did not. Or like, we don't know. Oh, any, yeah, no, we know we don't that. know who among these cult leaders are drinking the Kool Aid themselves. We just don't know. Oh, no, I agree with too, but all I'm saying is that we know for certain there's a whole group of people who haven't taken the shot. Mm-hmm. That's and, the only thing we really do yeah. know. And it's probably and a larger group than we're being told. Yeah, and we know they're the ones who are not going to die from the shot because they haven't taken it. Right. Or So i just saying, you know, their whole plan is not targeting the very people that are opposing them. It's a targeting the people who are in line with them. So it's a very strange plan. Well, I don't think they care who goes along with it or not because they have plans for everybody. And yeah, the people that go along with it, they're just useful idiots. They're going to be the f- anyhow. So they're, they don't want those compliant people around because they're sort of weak minded and it's just, yeah, well, a, there's, there's many ways to look at it. Well, that's kind of what I'm getting at is I think they actually recognize that those most mm-hmm. willing to do it are the ones most useful to them in the whole, like, may, I don't know, maybe they have plans for, um, some way to uh, enslave the more intelligent. I'm I partly doing this speculatively because I'm trying to work it out in my novels sequel too. So they got plans <laughs> for everybody. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, it's um. It's uh. I don't know. It's it's still going on. There's oh, yeah. many chapters left. It's not over. Uh, we seem to be in a bit of a lull, a bit of a pause. I don't know what the next step is either. I think maybe that, maybe they don't either. Well, I don't, they, I don't think it's gone as well as they thought it would. I think it's gone really well in Canada. I don't know. I think it's gone just as well as they figured in each individual state. I think the blue states pretty good compliance. I think California is full bore ahead. I think they're even more incredibly insane than even on terrible in California. They're even more. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But I don't, I'm not getting a good news feed from every single place in the world anymore. I was listening to what's going on in California because there's a number of freedom fighters there that I enjoyed watching, but I've just lost interest, lost touch. I can't tell you exactly just the odd thing that leaks out of these jurisdictions. But I just am not up to date. I'm I'm barely up to date where we live here and I'm terrible. I sort of know what's going on. I don't know what shot we're at here because I don't care. Um so there's it's it's just we're going it's number five now. <laughs> which is unbelievable. Yeah. No. I think I think they're aiming for each, but you know they're talking about now some new MNRN. They're MNRN aiming for indefinite. Shot. I think they've always aimed for indefinite indefinite. Yeah. Once every- so in fact, Pfizer's put its caught. You know, Pfizer's now charging four times as much for the vaccine, and um, 
I'm wondering if that's partly to compensate the low uptake because a lot, you know, not a lot of people have gone beyond the second shot. So yeah, two was a really big sticking point for a good chunk of the people that got injected. I think two was um, was a very popular stopping point. That's from yeah, my informal survey. And that's what they were told up front. You need two shots. And they said, okay, that sounds reasonable enough. And yeah. I got the two shots. And then third, fourth, come on. You said two shots. I did what you said, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the stories of people dying and getting sick start leaking out. And of the miscarriages. I just learned of a friend who's been trying to get pregnant for years. And um, kind of lost touch with her. I just found out today she... She was going through IVF forever, nothing stuck, and then something stuck, and then I think she got the shots and lost and miscarried. And I thought, oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that sick? This person has been trying for years. He's running out of time. Her biological clock is away. Spent thousands and thousands of dollars to get this IVF, but also took the, sh- the clot shot and... I do believe the 80% miscarriage rate, that really seems quite possible and plausible. But it's, yeah, it's just, no, I, th- that's, that, that's Depop 101 right there. Right there. Yeah. If it's, and uh, we, we still don't even have a clear idea what the sterilization factor is. You know, miscarriage is one thing, but I'm, I'm wondering from the male side how much it's, whether we're just going to see just lack of pregnancies in the first place. Yeah. Well, I think we are. Yeah. That's going to be, I mean, I, I'm curious to know if it's all going to look like the Handmaid's Tale. You know, I'm going to feel, I'm just wondering too, is like anyone who didn't get the shot, any woman who didn't get the shot is going to, you know, feel like they, I don't know, they were in a Handmaid's Tale where it was only like a very small population of the uh, human race now could still reproduce. So any woman who could reproduce felt the burden of having to have so many children to keep the human race alive. Yeah, I never listened to that, read that book. Or Did they make it into a movie? Yeah, I think it's been a few movies plus yeah. a TV series. Yeah, well, the the one graphic I saw... Yeah, a graphic novel too, actually. <laughs> the one graphic I saw where they said there was a picture of um, a pregnant mother and... It was a graphic, it was sort of like a Russian set of Russian dolls where they said that, do you realize that you were in your grandmother's body at one point? Just, and, mm. and I thought, wow, that's, that's interesting in the fact that if the grandmother poisons herself, if your grandmother poisoned herself, then there's a good chance that you, as the fetus, could have uh, acquired, somehow got some of that poison in whatever one single cell you were when you were in your mother's ovaries when she was in your grandmother. So even though it's a single cell that got, that could have been poisoned. And, and that's where we talk about, we don't know what the lingering effect is going to be two generations down. Mm-hmm. So if that, there is a, if that there is two generations down. Yeah. But that just that thought, I'd never thought of, of that idea, which is true, that you were in your grandmother's body. Mm. So, yeah, because of the ovaries. Yeah. Your mother as a fetus had your, all your eggs are formed as a fetus in your mother. In that, yeah. per, 
So it's that's where your that's where the lineage and that's where the sterilization process can be uh, two generations, which is really really sick. No, I mean, if you're, as long as they're patient enough, who's ever behind this, it's a great way to wipe out a nation without them even figuring it out. Um, well, in this case, the world. Well, it's interesting because you go to certain countries, like, you know, large parts of India and Africa, they got like 5% vaccination rates. Yeah, yeah, that's so true. So I don't know if they're just going to get rid of them some other way, but they're mm-hmm. not buying the uh, the vaccines. So yeah, um, yeah. I don't, same with, I think, parts of Latin America. and hmm I mean, some people are arguing they think it's just the fall of the, uh, the uh, what, you know, the... Well, I think it's the, the stripping of the West's um, assets. Yeah, first world uh, nations and so forth. And so, and I, then, I, yeah. it's, it's, in some ways, I mean, from a, if you stand back from it, it's just going to be a fascinating next two, three decades. I don't know what or where we'll be, but, um, you know, I'm certainly trying to do my part to prevent the the horror of it and steer things in a better direction because we do have this wonderful opportunity here of a really massive massive awakening yes we do and if um yeah we do and then you're that's that's what you're doing that's what i'm doing and it it is to me it's i'm almost bored of it at this point but on the other hand this is still an ongoing thing so i think it's still really important that we just communicate with and Keep bolstering each other's, keep keep uh, providing morale for each other because outside of our very small community, it's still pretty lonely. There's still a whole bunch of people, a majority, that are still going along with it or they don't know what's happened. They know something happened. They know they don't see it the way we see it. They don't see it as a as a dangerous thing. And I often have to re-read my emails, go back to my channels, just to remind myself that something evil is still happening, even though we're in a bit of a pause and and maybe we're just um, maybe this. I still think this whole thing has been well planned, well organized, well war gamed out, and every I think every week in their calendar has something on it where they're going to roll something out here. That's the narrative there. I think that this week, and I'm trying to follow along, is that they're they're trying to discuss the story about what do we do? Do we have give these people that these perps some kind of amnesty for what they've done? Have you seen that narrative this week? This amnesty narrative. You mean like like Danielle Smith's offering? Amnesty for who? For just amnesty for the perps, the people that have brought this on because they didn't oh, know they, what okay, we're so. doing, or we're all oh. so new. Or uh, I think I think the big article that's being discussed is uh, there was an article in the Atlantic, which is of course the um, establishments magazine, mm-hmm. where I think this Emily woman just said, "Do we? Is there an amnesty for?" all these people that brought this toxin to us that they were just doing the best they could and they were making a mistake and all you guys oh, this, that didn't take it you're just in lucky Atl- in, in the Atlantic we're actually acknowledging the vaccine was toxic well uh, let me just look it up because now I have to uh, I'll use my favorite search engine Canadian search engine pre 
Officer.com. So Amnesty Atlantic. Emily is her name. Sanity for Sweden, who have I on the show? Here we go. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Is this it? Um, we need to forgive one another for what we did and said when we were in the dark about COVIDs. I think it's just a story maybe about oh all the things that they did. They didn't know what they were doing, so we shouldn't go attacking people that wanted to keep away from us for a couple of years and the vaccine and the type face diaper and all that kind of crap. Oh, like the discrimination. Over the, the discrimination. Vaccine. We didn't know the efficacy of the different vaccines, which one was the non-RNA versus the mRNA, just, just all the divisions that were created. Mm-hmm. So we need to forgive everyone. So, so that yeah, maybe you can forgive your neighbor down the street, but I think the uh, the politicians and the health authorities all behind it should be, and the media and so forth. They should all be thrown in prison for a long, long time. Yeah, but it's hard to life. throw people in prison when they say they were doing it for out of the, the they're out of everyone's best interest for the greater good. They were. <laughs> that's the problem. You know, the Good Samaritan law states if you help someone that's in need and you end up killing them, you can't be charged. Hmm. So that's sort of, I think that's the the cloak that they're going to hide behind. Even though they knew damn well, Fauci is probably one of the worst butchers in the history of the world. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) I don't know how they can. uh, How many people see it that way? I don't think most people see it that way, though. They don't know his history. It's AZT and all that. He survived the whole AIDS thing. He got through that scot-free, didn't he? Well, not even just scot-free, but, you know, treated like a hero and kept his yeah. job. And, you know, I think he's the highest paid uh, employee in the federal government in the United the States. The fact that he's still walking this earth without real suspicion is, to me, the greatest. Well, well he got lots of more than suspicion, but you mean suspicion from the... From I mean, just the majority. If the mob, I guess the majority, yeah. If sure. the mob turned on him, he'd be a dead man. But the fact is, I'm sure he can walk down the street without without feeling threatened at all. Same with Bill Gates. They still think the guy, even though he felt the most yeah, buggy, the annoying. Treats them like a saint. They treat them both like saints. Well, they pay for their media. Like I don't look at the media as an impartial organization they're all paid shills so when people say the media i never think oh well they're just doing their job and they made this judgment no they're just paid propaganda so i never give them any benefit of any doubt that they know what they're talking about yeah yeah uh well yes that's obvious (laughs) cbc just sent out um, their morning brief this morning was just all about how Hundreds of people are still dying each week in Canada from COVID and it's not right. over. And, and this whole article about an, I think it was an 89 year old woman who got the flu and then pneumonia and didn't want to go on a res, respirator or in, in, didn't want to be intubated and mm-hmm. uh, she died. Mm-hmm. Like this is something new that didn't happen before the right. COVID scam. I mean, it's, wow. Uh, so. As long as she didn't get ram death, ram ram death, ram desivir, or when death is near, Ryan's no, she with. already had her fourth booster shot, right? And then the same article was actually saying how 
deaths this year in Canada are off the charts. Oh, really? They didn't actually say COVID deaths, but they said deaths. They were kind of insinuating that it's being caused by COVID, but they never actually... Well, I'm sure the leading cause is unknown causes. Yeah. At least it was in Alberta a few months ago. It must... It's still going on about the long COVID. I mean, Reader's Digest had a big article about long COVID, and it was like telling the story of this nurse who had served in the pandemic the whole time and didn't have any never caught covid and then december of end of december 2020 she came down with long covid and uh has been having mild symptoms for months and months or a year or so now and i'm thinking well what did she get in december 2020 frontline nurse got job. Job. yeah yeah, That's oh, yeah. Cool, long covid is and this, is, this idea, I mean, it's like they're talking in the CBC article. I mean, it was this lady's had four booster shots. Everyone's had two to four booster shots and we're having more deaths than ever. Right? It's like, I, I, it's a very linear, they, it's a very, tripping over themselves. <laughs> yeah. It's a very straight line between cause and effect. Yeah. For I mean, most I of us. What uh, Andrew uh, Bridgen, the MP in England, you know, one of the five of the 450 or so MPs that make up the UK Parliament who actually showed up for the uh, special um, committee meeting they had for um, the correlation between the excess deaths and the vaccines. And he said, uh, you know, what is the government's analysis of excess deaths that we are suffering in this country across Europe and in America? Is even a casual glance at the data shows a strong correlation between vaccine uptake and the excess deaths in those regions. Surely we must have an investigation. Tens of thousands of more people than expected are dying. This is really important and we do not get it right. No one will believe us and trust in politicians and medicine and our medical system will be lost. So maybe that's what they really want. Yes, they do. Because you could collapse all three systems, you know, the medical system and the political system. You know, this will ruin it once people figure it out. And the education system, that's also poised to be yeah. collapsed. So I would say all three are going to be destroyed. Science, science mm-hmm. in general. <laughs> yeah. Not that, not that any of this is science. That's why I get frustrated when people, you know, say, you know, they're becoming anti-science. This isn't science. You know, that whole stupid thing when the EU had their hearing and um, with the Pfizer and she said, you know, we, we didn't have time to actually test the Pfizer yeah. vaccine to see if it, because we were working at the speed of science. Speed of science, that, yeah. This is the most moronic, oxymoronic thing they could say. Science is slow. Silent science is about testing every which way you can to try to disprove a thesis, not speed of science. <laughs> it's... These are just slogans. These are slogans and propaganda. Yeah, it's like she had that one ready. I don't think she made it up on the spot. They, you know, probably. No, they're all scripted. This is this is all really carefully planned out. This controlled demolition of the the West. Yeah, that's what it seems to me, and and I'm shocked. I mean, I hear people like they're still finding out. Like I was talking to someone the other day, and she was surprised to hear that they were castrating children and you know doing hysterectomies on teenage girls and all this type of thing and fuckers and mm-hmm. that stuff's been in full swing for a while and and i personally see that as you know kind of the uh the final outcome of this whole gender confusion agenda you know agenda they've had going for quite a long time i don't know what they're doing the whole cat thing i'll see what that 
supposed to, I don't know if that's just to further confuse children or what, but. Are we talking about the litter boxes in, in classes? Well, yeah, and, and I heard children, that was and, a hoax. That, that's well, the litter that. boxes, but the children actually acting like cats. Like, I just don't mean playing around, like where they're going around scratching each other. Are you talking about on TikTok where they're. Oh, they're doing this in schools. Oh, you know? you're kidding. Oh, yeah. Like, kids cutting each other and crawling around in the hallways on all fours. And- oh, I thought that was a joke. I'm, I'm not. That's happening in, in Ontario where we live. That's why it's Ontario, I guess. Okay. Yeah, no, I've uh, definitely, I mean, I mean, I haven't seen it myself personally, so I can't vouch for it, but I've, I've actually, um, uh, had to, uh, just recently for, uh, uh, theatrical skit I'm doing for the People's Party of Canada I was doing quite a bit of research, you know, mainly citing from mainstream sources of accounts and schools and so forth. And that's nothing compared to, you know, what we're seeing at that Burlington school is that teacher with the prosthetic press. So, you know, kids mm-hmm. acting like cats all day isn't that far-fetched. Yeah, I did, uh, I did a couple posts about that and my research said that guy is part of a larger agenda. The, a master mason in his community. This is all a this is all a stunt. This is a couple layers deep. That guy. So. Yeah, I, I he's, wouldn't be surprised. No, he's part of a wider United Nations Agenda Twenty One um, way of thinking. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he's he's no he's otherwise he would have been long gone. So this is all this is all sanctioned it's all part of the show it's all on purpose so he's not he's not a disgruntled anti woke teacher it's all part of some some agenda that he's pushing so yeah i don't think anyone could be that crazy no and be, be able to run a shop class at the same time no it's 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 a stunt it's a sanctioned stunt it's it's sanctioned at a higher level for sure they don't allow anything to go to the top of the media cycle without authority. Let's look at it. If you want to stop something in its tracks, you just ignore them. That's how you well, do actually, it. I didn't, think the me- I didn't think the mainstream media was giving up much coverage, actually. Well, I thought they got enough. If you, look at Re- if you think Rebel News is possibly somewhat controlled opposition, they were giving it tons. Oh, no, Rebel News, yeah, I just wouldn't consider them mainstream media. Nah, I think they're mainstream mainstream alternative media, let's put it that way. There's yeah, money. I'm not sure. There's I money mean, behind them. Right. Yeah. Well, they definitely got money. It's hard to know. I mean, that's the thing, is like, I'm, I'm, unless I see enough evidence to uh, for um, to incriminate someone on our side, I just assume they're innocent until proven thoroughly guilty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to say. Um, Let's look at your final email that you sent out. Which okay. Is, Otherwise, I'm going to have to hit off at 9.30. So. Yeah, me too. We usually do about an hour and a half. I just wanted to point out that uh, you you wrote a book and you wrote, you wrote a dedication to the new premier of Alberta. Yes, and the front cover of the book I'm sending her. And I want and you made a you made a point of saying this is the first this is the first um dedication you've done where you put the word honorable. Well, it's the first time I've ever referred to a politician as the honorable. That's what I was trying to say. You know, like I've written politicians tons of 
especially at the beginning of the COVID thing, I never would write the honorable because I didn't think they were honorable. Like when I was, when the mandates had started and so forth, I would just say, you know, Mr. Whoever and Mrs. Whoever I would. So, but it's kind of funny I, because I just learned what is the, what is the meaning of honorable when it comes to describing a politician? Have you ever, have you ever heard of the explanation? No, I haven't. Because I think it's given to all cabinet ministers. And yep. it is, it is a, it's an honorific that signifies their swearing of secrecy to the, to the crown. So anything they learn in cabinet, they cannot tell even their wives about. Hmm. But what it, what it, what it's tell, it's a title that they take seriously because they swore an oath. When they, when they're sworn in, they're mm-hmm. sworn to secrecy. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Cause I kind of interpreted it as, you know, that it was to remind them that they're supposed to be honorable. No, no, no. It's so they're honorable to the, honorable to the crown. Mm. Hmm. Well, so far, Daniel Smith hasn't been too honorable to the higher ups. I mean, even the fact she's exposing the, uh, World Economic Forum's connection to the HHS. Um, but yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. I, I mean, the whole, I, I kind of hope that with, uh, you know, big awakening and unraveling that, I mean, the only thing I think we can see for our entire legal and government system and medical system is a total dismantling and rebuilding from scratch. It's, it's hopelessly and probably like you're suggesting here, um, deeply rooted in things we would not even fathom that makes it unfixable. Have you ever heard Trudeau's oath to the to the Queen? No. Let me find it real quick because just listen to this. This is most people have never heard this before. And I couldn't find any other prime ministers that uh, it was videoed. But just listen to the words. I, Justin P.J. Trudeau, do swear that I will be faithful and bear true allegiance to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Canada, her heirs and successors. So help me God. I, Justin P.J. Trudeau, do solemnly and sincerely swear that I and faithful servant to Her Majesty Queen Elizabeth II as a member of Her Majesty's Privy Council for Canada. I will in all things debated, debated and resolved in Privy Council faithfully, honestly and truly declare my mind and my opinion. I shall keep secret all matters committed and revealed to me in this capacity or that shall be secretly treated of in Council. Generally, in all things, I shall do as a faithful and true servant ought to do for Her Majesty, so help me God. I, Justin P.J. Trudeau, solemnly and sincerely promise and swear that I will truly and faithfully, and to the best of my skill and knowledge, execute the powers and trusts reposed in me as Prime Minister, so help me God. Did you catch the secret part of it? Oh, yeah. Have you ever heard yeah. that before? No, I haven't. That's very, very Not tell. Does he work for us? 
Now, the whole thing sounds like just this, this idea that he's basically a servant to the queen before anything else. And anything he learns in the provincial which rules the country mm-hmm. is held in secret. Yeah. So that's why he is the right honorable prime minister and all his cabinet are honorable ministers. So, so it, that should teach you all you need to know about who serves who. They don't serve you. So mm-hmm. this country and most countries in the world, majority countries are ruled by the king of the British Empire and all the people that support and or benefit from that. So I, I just I just thought that when you put the word honorable in your latest mm-hmm. newsletter, that's the first thing that 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 hit me. That uh, she can't, she cannot. She didn't swear an oath to you. She swore an oath to the queen or the king. But she can't possibly be on our side. It's just not even legal that she is. So hmm. that's an interesting thought. So you better take the book back and scratch off. It's it's kind of frustrating because I've already had to. uh, I lost one book trying to write that dedication because I spelled her name wrong on it. Oh, really? So I I had to tear that page out, and I we have these library boxes around town, so I put one in there. Oh, okay, that's cool. Figure, figure, but uh, yeah. Well, I hope I didn't bum you out with that thought, but well, if. uh, yeah, well, I mean, if, if you go with that thought, then it's like anyone in the political system is basically beyond our, beyond any use to us, and anyone who is yeah. running for the system and gets in would immediately be uh, co-opted. Yes, yes, so. by design. I learned that from Matt Arrett, another Canadian. He has really, I, if you're a student of Canadian history, you got to listen to Matt Arrett because he really blows up so many of the the myths of Canada and and just how we in in the preamble to the eighteen sixty seven British North American Act of Westminster, oh, yeah. Yeah. the preamble of that act basically says that Canada is a slave to the British Empire. And that has not changed. That act is still in force. The Canadian Act of 1982 is just an adjunct to it. It's underneath it. So. It makes me wonder, too, whether that's why people like... Um, we saw, and he got a lot of criticism for it, Randy Hillier. Hillier um, for, you know, he's just stopped... At- when the COVID got serious, he just stopped attending Parliament because he just said it was a completely waste of time. And that was the same reason why he refused to run for MP again even though he had a fair chance of getting elected. And he just said the whole system was totally corrupt from the inside and it was useless even trying to... Uh, the power he had in there to change it. I'm just looking at the preamble. Whereas the provinces of Canada, Nova Scotia, New Brunswick have expressed their desire to be federally united into one dominion under the crown of the United Kingdom of Great Britain and Ireland with a constitution similar in principle to that of the United Kingdom. And whereas such a union would conduce to the welfare of the provinces and promote the interests of the British Empire, and whereas 
the establishment of the union of authority of parliament, it is expedient not only that the constitution of the legislative authority in the dominion be provided for, but also that the nature of the executive government therein be declared. And whereas, and whereas it is expedient that the provision be made for the eventual admission into the union of other parts of British North America, but mainly adhere to promote the interests of the British Empire. That's, that's the punchline. Mm-hmm. And we're living under that today, still, to this day. Oh, yeah, I find it embarrassing just seeing, you know, Parliament there with the Prime Minister sitting, you know, beside the uh, large throne with the Governor General on it. And it, it looks pathetic to me. It always well, did ever since I was young. He's under the Governor General. Yeah, he's not even sitting beside her. You're right. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, it looks like such a subservient position. It is. So, yeah. That's, um, well... This has been an interesting conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it. I've, I've, um, I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot. And uh, again, very sorry for your loss. But I think your wife is in a better place. That is for sure. Better than... Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, it was the timing she left. I don't think it was very hard to leave. It's, uh, it's future on our, for us is um, questionable well, indeed. It is. But you know what? It's, I still think you're better to be alive than dead in this world. In this realm, so you know, I still think that uh, you're going to get much positive feedback for the good work that you're doing in exposing this whole hoax with your book. What you do about Corona, and I think just talking about it, and promoting it, is extremely um, cathartic. It's extremely important because the people that listen to us and this show, I think they get a lot of positivity out of hearing people that are pretty sane talk about what's going on and just the power structure in general. So the shock will be less if people know what's coming down the pipe and uh, just try and stay alive if possible, if possible, which it is. I mean, that's uh, largely too why, you know, I could have put my time into just producing more nonfiction articles or videos or whatever. And I just, once you put something into the literature of a culture, the, the storytelling, the fiction of a culture, it actually starts to shape the culture. And as far as I know, my book was the very first to ever expose the agenda, the COVID agenda, in a fictional form, and in a form that you know primarily was for entertainment. So, Greg uh, Shant says he bought a used book of your book at Value Village in Stratford. Not sure if that should make me feel good or bad. <laughs> hey, come on. Any coffee's a good coffee out there. Is, yeah, it, use, use is it available in paperback yet or is it still hardcover? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, no. Yeah, it's available in both. Okay. Anywhere. I mean, you can. Uh, my site links to pretty much every uh, website that ships it. And, uh, BlazingPineCone.com? Yeah, or if they want to go straight to the page, they can just go to muchado.com. And, um, I mean, libraries are carrying it in Canada and the United States, which has been very heartwarming to see. Are you getting any correspondence from your readers? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we've got a testimonial you publish page it? up there. Well, there you can see the... Uh, Testimonials. Well, yeah, I cover some of the books, but we've got... An, I've kind of put some of the more, more famous people on the testimonial page, but... Um, 
Plus, I've had you know a few, two uh, two really strong literary reviews that have been um, that was that was quite nice. Well, that's uh, yeah. Good. And uh, on Amazon, it's forty reviews right now, and it's averaging I think like four point eight stars. So, really need people who are reading it though to um, get the reviews on Amazon because as much as I dislike Amazon, it is the best way to get this out. Once it has apparently 100 reviews on Amazon, Amazon algorithm changes a lot and the book will get a lot more um, publicity through Amazon. So, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, do you have an audio book yet? No, I'm working on it, but oh, okay. it's a very expensive process. Oh, really? For even you to read it? I'm going to be the one reading it, but to get it properly recorded and edited um, so that the quality is high enough is like I'm using a professional. Book. By, by professional audiobook studio by coincidence um, in my city of Stratford uh, there's uh, an audiobook recording studio that's used by Penguin House and a lot of the major uh, yeah. book companies and I went down there and got a tour and everything and I showed him the book and told him what it was about and he said yeah fine with me he says I, I'm pretty suspicious about this whole COVID stuff so as long as your book wasn't like glorifying violence or something I'm no, they actually censor which audiobooks they read. You gotta love it. Well, he said, you know, he wouldn't, he said, he's, I wouldn't, I mean, he said to some degree, he said, if he got a book that all he's doing is just glorifying violence. And so that's about where he drew the line. Otherwise, he said, I'm pretty much fine with anything. So, well, the government officially glorifies violence. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. they, uh... With this shot, let's be honest. Yeah, and, and uh, other things. Um, so, anyways, it's um, yeah. So, if people do, uh, it's I, I've been very happy too with the. Uh, uh, you can get it from any bookstore. That was the other one. Why? Actually, that's not true because some bookstores have refused to carry it or mm-hmm. like even order it in back shelf. But even the one in Stratford, did he? Did he find? Did that guy that you did that video in front of, where he where he shooed you away? Did he? Does he carry it there? So I heard he still. I heard. Well, I had someone write me and say they had drove all the way to Stratford just to bug him about it. I think, and they went there, and he didn't have any on the shelf. And he asked, "Oh, yeah, I think we got one in the back." So they he went back, and he said, "This is the last one." He's using it to keep his desk level or something. Yeah. <laughs> She said, boy, I thought it'd be signed since he lives here. Oh, I can go by his house and ask him. So. Oh, he lives that away. Go that away, somewhere near the theater. Yes. You know, he knows where I live because he used to deliver books to me all the time during the... Oh, okay. I mean, I bought, like, been buying books from him for 15 years. It's, I, after that whole incident, I tried calling him and writing him, and he just wouldn't respond. So I, just, I'm, I, I get everything from Book Depository now. He lost a lot of customers from that. I mean, people locally said they refused to go to him now. and um, He would have got a lot of people driving in from all over just to come and patronize him. For, but instead, he, uh, I mean, he, uh, that day, apparently, Druthers, you know, and went on Druthers with 16,000 views. He, his phone line was up for the rest of the day with people just calling to complain. Is Could Druthers he, still going? I don't keep track of any of these sites anymore. I just sort of... Yeah, Druthers is. They just put out their latest uh, newspaper, which uh, amazing cover on it about the 80 dead doctors. 
So. Yeah, I don't think uh, any of them exist, unfortunately. Why? I there's just a lot of suspicion, and uh, one of the one of the more vitriolic New York independent researchers called Trillium, and they couldn't get a straight answer whether these doctors even existed. So, oh well, I believe that part. I I don't think it's that they didn't exist. I think they're getting rid of the records. Yeah, do you think so? I I I, I just think there's a lot of atrocity on both sides. I just, I'm not sure that, uh, that there's, I'm not sure the story, there's something wrong with the story, let's put it that way. Because, so. I mean, a lot of the doctors' deaths were covered by the mainstream news, too, like uh, when those three died in Mississauga. And well, those are the specific ones that he called about that couldn't, it was just very sketchy, hmm. there were just very sketchy websites that were sort of penciled in. There's a lot of, there's just a lot of, fakery on both sides let's put it that way so there's mm-hmm. something wrong with the story hmm. so. well, I wouldn't see why it wouldn't happen I mean we, we know tons of people are dying and we know the doctors are getting plenty of shots unless oh. you think maybe it's that they just want to make everyone feel like the doctors are dying too and maybe yes not. I think so I, I bet you most doctors are not taking shots, and the ones that aren't are are, are laid off and I think there's quite a, there's quite a few more that are laid off. I know that, I believe that the nurses that won't take the shots they can't get hired, and that's why there are nursing shortages. Oh yeah, I know so that. that. I believe. I have one of the nurses working for me. So, <laughs> well, there um, you go. Oh. I think a lot of doc. I think doctors are just as smart to not do it or to lie about it or fake it. So, so hmm. that's all. So I'm. I'm of the the so-called eighty, the eighty doctors. I think uh, if you do some digging into their backgrounds, and there's a good chance they came right from the website. You seen this website? This person does not exist. dot com. <laughs> you ever seen this site? No. Yeah, this is a website where they use GAN technology, generative adversarial network style GANs. It's it's technology that generates. So these are not real people. Oh, interesting. Yeah, fairly convincing. Fairly. I, I, there's just no way you can differentiate between reality. I know there's some people that say they can see issues with the eyes, and but I can't. I think uh, this is a very, we're in a very dangerous situation right now where we cannot. Most people are, as IPS says, visually illiterate. But when you look at this stuff, there is just no way. It's really difficult to differentiate. But none of these people exist. Hmm. It's all computer generated. So it takes a lot what you're looking at. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to be a portrait artist myself. Mm. So it's. There's a few of them where I thought something didn't look great. But yeah, I mean, unless you were trying, like that one, this, the nose bridge, the lighting on it's a bit off. But, okay. But I mean, that's only because you told me to try to look for it too. Otherwise, yeah. Well, if you're a port, yeah, so. you would be more uh, attuned, attuned to um, finding fault for sure. But, but you know, so I could, you might show me a real picture and I might find fault with that too. So, you know. mm. um, yeah. Sometimes it's just how the photographs come out. 
Yeah, but, that guy's left eye didn't look too convincing. Okay, well, you can right see now. better than I can then. So it's just interesting. So the, take a look at those doctors again and um, just be skeptical. I mean, we all suffer, suffer from confirmation bias. We all want to believe um, something really... I just don't see what the advantage would be to the mainstream to face. Well, I think your idea that it, it uh, normalizes death. So we just accept it. Uh, we're just oh. we're just less we're more accepting of something that is familiar to us, or that that they just feel it's like you hear it too about these politicians. Like it was that politician governor, I think his daughter in uh, mm. United States. He had boasted how he got all his kids vaccinated, and then she died mm. from a heart attack like the next week. Probably old age, I guess. Yeah, there's something <laughs> up about these eyes right here. This this is not a proper circle so you can see some graphical anomalies oh, yeah. here yeah that's right especially the right one yeah 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 so it, it's it's pretty good though pretty damn good oh yeah. yeah okay john well thanks for joining uh appreciate you coming on and um we will we'll talk to you again we'll have you back okay and, super ab. and you're writing another book real quick actually I, I heard you say that so we should get that in there yeah All the- sequel to much ado about corona so okay because much ado about corona ends on a bit of a cliffhanger so that's the only complaint i get about the book i'll have people email me and where's the rest of it yeah I, you know which is a nice thing that's excellent all right all the best to you and jonah and um hopefully we'll have a good november so far it started off real good in ontario kind of warm so Okay, yeah, that's let's, for sure. Let's keep winter away. All right, talk to you later. All right, take care. All the best. John Manley of, of muchadoaboutcorona.com. Go over there and buy his book. That's it for me. It's Wednesday. Tomorrow should be died suddenly. Usually contacts me on the day of. Lots of controversy around Tiago around these parts, around the audio chat. Uh, we'll talk to Tiago, uh, see if we can get going on his Facebook group. I think it was taken down for the second time. And it's back up for the third time, but who knows about tomorrow. Anyway, we'll be contacting him and finding out uh, what actually is going on with the side suddenly thing. Thanks to John Manley again. If you like this show, fakeologist.com forward slash donate. Uh, thank you to all these donors here, the monthly donors. Appreciate you guys, the single donors, single amount donors. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. Don't forget uh, the Discord, fake11.com forward slash Discord or our gilded7.com forward slash gilded. And again, we're here most weeknights, including Sunday, Sunday through Thursday. Um, Jewel is a little choppier these days as uh, circumstances and events change. But for the most part, we try and be here or have some audio from either the audio chat or from this show up. So something for you to enjoy. Don't forget FacoTube, FacoTube.com. Do not forget Fakeologist.com. And the blog where we do a, a weekly blog. I'm also on Twitter and I'm a fakeologist. And I have a telegram channel at fake11.com forward slash telegram. 
fakeologist.com forward slash short codes. You'll find all my short shortened website URLs. For some reason, that's not displaying on the main page. i got to work on that next. But yeah, if I'm not doing a show, then I'm also working on the website right now. I don't have any help. I'm doing it all myself, so we're always doing something to further the cause. Okay, thanks everyone, and have a great night. Take care. Mm-hmm.